The following program is intended for mature audiences. There's no such thing as public opinion. There is only published opinion. Winston Churchill. I'm T.C. Petty III, and this is Deep Design with T.C. Petty III. Hello and welcome to The Dotted Line with your fabulous host, T.C. Petty III. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Once again, today we stare blankly into the abyss that is independent board game publishing and ask that singular important question, will you sign on? And let's meet our contestant for today. From parts unknown, he, she is a wide-eyed, ambitious, naive youth or aged curmudgeon stuck in a misguided quest to publish his or her board game. It likes various things, probably has an engineering background, and its favorite color is purple. Welcome to the show, you. As always on this show, you will be seeking love and publication from our panel of willing publisher bachelorettes and bachelors ready to make your cardboard fantasies an acceptable and mildly underwhelming reality. Are you ready to play? <laughs> That's the enthusiasm we like to hear. Okay, let's get these publishers on stage. Publisher A isn't staring you down, but their relaxed demeanor and slight smirk puts a designer on edge because Publisher A has just handed you a contract and they want you to sign quickly or this offer may not exist tomorrow. The percentage they quote is reasonable. The timeline they've proposed is legitimate, but they want you to make that decision as soon as possible. Publisher A. Meanwhile, in the next seat, Publisher B would love to look at your game, but can't give a definitive timeline. However, they've published some of your favorite games and are a respected presence within the hobby. Shrugging their shoulders, and possibly amused, is Publisher B. But let's not forget Publisher C. Publisher C is really interested in the idea of your game. They think that with the proper amount of development, this could be an excellent game. In fact, they offer more than a few suggestions and helpful hints. Some of these hints even suggesting at major changes in the game system. And they want to help. So, so goddamn helpful is Publisher C. And finally, Publisher D. They think this is so cool. They think this would be so cool. This game is the best. You are the best. They really want to make this game. Sure, it's the first or second game they've ever produced, but you are so cool. And they are so generous. Excited, Publisher D. So, you, who will you choose? The biological clock is ticking. The endless void of death awaits us around every cancerous corner. Who will take your beloved paper infant and carry it lovingly into the hobby market, only to be dismissed years later and forgotten in thrift stores across the country? The time to decide is now. So, you pitched your game, you did all that playtesting bullshit, you've got a few pieces of legal paper in front of you, and you're ready to... Stop! Stop, stop. Remember that episode where we pitched stuff? That was a good episode. On that episode, TC said this, Keep in mind that an in-person pitch is not just for the publisher, it's for you. Even if you enjoy their game library or design ethos, the person you'll be dealing with may turn out to be a real asshole. 
Most publishers are adorable, but there are always a percentage of rat hairs in the Cheerios. During your big pitch, you experienced your first line of defense from publishers fucking you over. There are some definite red flags to watch out for with publishers during the in-person pitch. A good publisher will not ask questions about cost-effectiveness during your pitch. They may ask for an approximate component count, but that's because their wheels are already turning. If they ask, do you need all those cubes? It's probably a bad sign. If a publisher offers you a contract on the spot, that's also a red flag. Never sign anything immediately after a pitch. Always ask for time to evaluate. Never allow yourself to feel pressured. If they want to make significant changes to nearly every aspect of your game to fit within the framework of what they think the game should be, that's also a red flag. And finally, if after the initial pitch, they are super excited and promise an unbelievably short turnaround... Signing a game is not the end of a journey. It's the start of a whole new type of wonderful, in quotes, experience. Bad things can still happen and do all the time. The company goes bankrupt. Company decides to stop making games. The Kickstarter fails. The game released is poor quality. The established company is involved in an unfortunately timed scandal. You are asked to do all the work. You are not fully compensated. The contract is shady. The contract is too complex. And most importantly, your game does not get released. Take a deep breath. Let's be reasonable in true deep design form. Let's get practical. Contracts. Take a look at that contract. Publishing contracts vary wildly between publishers in both length and content. Two pages to 30. If you have a lawyer friend, have them peruse it, but most of us do not, so don't. You're looking for some key portions when scanning a contract. What percentage are you receiving and how is it worded? The hobby game market provides designer royalty payments anywhere from 3% to 12% of wholesale. Be careful to read this wording specifically and ask questions. Some publishers base their percentage off the retail price or the sale price, so a percentage of 3% could equate to 6 to 8% of wholesale. Read carefully. Somewhat related, confirm that crowdfunding sales are considered as normal sales, and confirm that international licensing is either not mentioned at all or has a higher percentage attached digital versions as well. When do you get paid? Some publishers send out checks monthly, quarterly, biannually, or yearly. Some publishers clearly state the royalty threshold that must be met before a check is sent out. Knowing this time frame will give you peace of mind later and allow you to gently nudge the publisher when that time frame has elapsed. When do you get your rights back? If a contract has an in-perpetuity clause, don't sign it. Get it changed. There should be a clearly delineated point of exit where the rights to your game return to you. This does not include the art and assets, but the game itself. Some contracts are for a single print run. Some contracts are for a specified time period. Some contracts end when royalties are not paid for a while because no games have been sold. It's good to have two possible contract ending scenarios, but most importantly, the rights should never default to the publisher, and they should never keep your game forever. Don't fail miserably. Don't be a Martin Wallace. You can't avoid the fickle whims of worldly output uncertainty, but you can put yourself in the best possible position to minimize disaster and embrace success. How to protect yourself. Ask for an advance. Some publishers do not do advances. Some publishers are hesitant to do advances. Some publishers always do advances. But for a designer, an advance payment between $500 and $1,000 that is only returned if the designer terminates the contract is a really solid way to give impetus for the publisher to complete a publication agreement. Considering the world of independent publishing is filled with highly motivated but tragically flawed individuals. If all else fails, at least you got a few bucks out of the deal. There are certainly exceptions for games with a very small footprint or passion projects. 
Confirm your portion of the workload. Use your personal barometer here as to how much extra work you are willing to provide under the terms of the contract, but be sure to ask, how much work am I going to be expected to do between signing and production? It could be anywhere from providing a prototype and sticking a thumb up your butt, to becoming the art director, learning Chinese, getting a degree in graphic design, and curing cancer. If you're fine assuming creative control over the project without pay, that's great, and you may want to consider simply self-publishing, but... Don't get blindsided. It blows. Ask about a publisher's reputation from designers or artists that have worked with them before. In general, most designers will be willing to discuss their experience off the record, outside of percentage and money issues, of course, and it's this community that will give you the most candid information. Bad or annoying things may still occur, but a general thumbs up or thumbs down from insiders is comforting or damning. And ask your friends and family. Seriously, if you have a few friends that are close to you and won't bullshit you, talk about the pros and cons of signing with the publisher in question. You'll make a more reasonable decision or a knowingly awful decision. And personally, I like to enjoy the friendly companionship of the person I'm working with, so it's so much easier to work with a publisher that you don't want to throat punch. Keep your expectations reasonable. Let's not put it all on those poor publishers. First-time designers are the worst to work with. Erratic and cagey behavior, egos larger than their abilities. They care about everything, and nothing can be changed or destroys their vision. Imagine trying to run a business and having to deal with these divas all the time. Luckily, I've always been an absolute dream to work with. And I've had the unique opportunity to hear horror stories from both sides. A designer signing with the first publisher that shows interest is kind of like watching a puppy freak out when you return home after five minutes. It's cute, but it's totally ridiculous and may end with everything covered in urine. You have the right to turn down a publisher when something seems off. High pressure, no pressure, suggesting crazy changes, inexperience. Don't be afraid to say no thanks. The reason for this episode is personal. I've been involved in a game design service called Unpub for years now, and I've watched excited designers sign contracts that they have no business signing, watched publishers go under, and seen a ton of wasted time and energy. There's this weird disillusionment about being published in the hobby. Getting published... It isn't the final step in almost all cases. Most designers may not get a say what the final product will look like, but there's more communication and consultation after signing. Scoping out the publisher is the best way to avoid uncomfortable moments later in development. Taking a few moments to ask questions and clarify an ambiguous contract shows professionalism. It's safe. Don't be difficult, but protect yourself. That way, when you make the terrible decision of actually signing your game with a publisher, you'll be better prepared for the horrors that lie ahead. Design with TCP and third, TCP and third production. All tendencies expressed by TCP and third are irrefutable and great. All rights reserved.